Be sure to follow the Jim Money Talks podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, be sure to follow all the social media in the description below so you can catch news and updates of anything on the channel. Now then, let's get to the podcast. Money Club, baby, baby. Hopefully this Tom Adobe Premiere works when I render out the video because if I somehow have to f do some shit to try at least because if I have to do just audio only then fuck it. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the J Money Talks Podcast. I'm your host Big J Money here and today we're doing a welcome to episode number 27 of the J Money Talks Podcast. We're going to get started on uh do things. So first, we got the Super Bowl. Okay, we got to talk about the Super Bowl. Of course, that happened. We also got to talk about UFC 270. No, we got to talk about UFC. And um, then we got to talk about a couple other things. So at least. Uh, so first, actually, recording an episode of the podcast yesterday went an hour and a half. I mean. Worked good. I, the audio came out fine. But trying to get the video portion out for YouTube somehow was a tricky thing because every time I try to either render a video, somehow at the last possible moment, where it was like almost ready to go, somehow a random error pops up. And I'm like, and somehow like the computer like started like crashing sort of. Sort of kind of like crashed, or the program kind of crashed, and everything got screwed up. So, I'm hoping it doesn't do that again, but if it does, then it's like, well, you guys are just going to have to see us. Uh, this thing's just going to be on an audio podcast. We're just going to go in auto form for a bit, or until we figure out something with video. So, hopefully this doesn't happen again. But I'm not worried about it. So let's begin. Uh, first of all, we got the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Six, and it was live from from Los Angeles, SoFi. One thing I will say before we begin, I know this is going to start sound crazy, but but like. Bruh, Super Bowl tickets are expensive as fuck, for real. Like, because this is, if you want to know how much the tickets were for the very first Super Bowl, it was like 12 bucks back in like 1968, 69. Now, I mean, dressing for inflation now, that's like 100 bucks. Which is actually interesting. But 100 bucks alone probably isn't a hundred bucks is not much is not much because actually according to yahoo sports it actually is like two percent of the price for an actual ticket to super bowl 
because the average Super Bowl ticket for Sunday's game was $5,915. Like almost six grand. Which is actually, you know, so that's like a down payment on a decent car or like down payment on a decent car or like a down payment on like a house or some shit. Like that is some wild shit. I have spent, and actually six grand actually was like, that's almost the amount I spent on the apartment in game stuff. Like I pretty much spent that time of money. So the fact that it costs as much for my apartment is is nuts. That's what I'm hoping next year is going to be they're cheaper because I'm like, so I'm hoping if I do go next year, <clears throat> if I do go next year, and if Ravens make it next year's Super Bowl, I'm going. I'm pay, I'm buying those tickets. So. But moving on, let's go with Super Bowl 56. We had, we had Super Bowl 56. We have talked about, of course, Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals traveling to take on the L.A. Rams. What the heck? Oh, they're fireworks. I was wondering what this was. I was like, it's neat. I was like, I'm looking at the score I'm trying to go to. Let me go to ESPN real quick. So, we had SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium was the name of the place. LA Rams took on the Cincinnati Bengals. LA Rams pretty much were at their home stadium, but was designated as the visitors. Visitors as... Designated as the visitors. So, the... So, let's go with the first. Let me find ESPN. Where is the ESPN? Shit. Uh. Ah, here it is. Oh, this is someone else. Uh, let's see. I just wanted to score thing. That's a new story. Here it is. So we start. So how we start off? So in the first quarter, quarter like Matthew Stafford, pretty much playing in his first Super Bowl after first Super Bowl, getting a chance to win his first ring, win his first ring after being spending twelve seasons with the Detroit Lions, finally getting it in his first season with the LA Rams. LA Rams takes on Joe Burrow. Young Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, who pretty much made probably one of the most improbable playoff runs this season. This season, led by an offense, a tough off, a strong offense led by Joe Mixon and receivers T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzama. Uzama, powerful defense led by Logan Wilson, Sam Hubbard, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Shelby Ouzier, Mike Hilton. B.J. Hill, Trey Flowers, Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson, and surprising Eli Apple, and we'll actually get to Eli Apple in a bit. On L.A. side, supporting cast for that was Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson Jr., Sonny Mitchell, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., who's actually playing his first Super Bowl, Van Jefferson, 
Samson, just to name a few. Another name is also Tyler Higby, who sadly did not, it surprisingly didn't play in this game. And also led by a defense, led by Darius Williams, Ernest Jones, of course, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller. They picked up from Trey Line, Jalen Ramsey, also returning Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle. Also, we can't forget on the offensive line, Andrew Woodworth, 40-year-old, who is also this year's Walter Payton Man of the Year, and also a former Cincinnati Bengal, which is a key thing. So, in order for Andrew Woodworth to win his very first Super Bowl ring, he would have to beat his former team to do it. So, so it is going to be somehow... So here, so how do we do, so how do we get to Ramirez? Mm. Let's see. Let's see here. That would be the big one. Let's go into the first drop. Let's go into the first thing. First drive was would be like a five. Would be a five and would not start. First couple draws would start off back small back and forth. Uh, Cincinnati would actually try. Saying uh, Rams would punt after five. After five plays and only one yard of to gain, average of one yard net yard of gain. Yard. Next first drive was also the was the Bengals going four and out. They would surprisingly turn over on downs, as they would actually end up being going off going forward on a fourth and one at LA's forty nine. They actually was on a third and one at the LA 49. Smudgy Perrion would gain no yard, would have would get no gain on a third and one at the LA 49. And Joe Burrow would throw incomplete to Jamar Chase on that fourth and one, which would give the Rams the ball at prime territory. And from there, like the Rams ended up doing well as Matthew Stafford would fall, rode a Cooper Cup for 20 yards. To Cincinnati 24 at Cincinnati 44 on a third and four. And then three plays later, third and three at Cincinnati 17. Mavisar would find Odell Beckham Jr. for a 17 yard touchdown, and he would actually moonwalk in the end zone on, a, on an amazing play. After a back and forth drive of punts, after a back and forth drive of punts, they, Cincinnati would actually get the ball at their own 30 and would start would actually get a big play from from a big 13 yard gain from from Joe Mixon on the first play and then on the second play Joe Burrow would find Jamar Chase deep for 46 yards to the L and 
it would travel to the LA 11 from the 43 of Cincinnati. After three incomplete passes from, after four three incomplete tries from Burrow to Higgins, Burrow to Mixon, and Burrow to T. Higgins, which was could have been a touchdown, but there was apparently like a there was a questionable like, but there was like a questionable like on that drive there was a questionable like um. Pass interference that they called, which would set up Evan McPherson to kick a 29 field goal, which would lead the LA Rams to, which would lead to the LA Rams lead, where the LA Rams would lead 7 to 3. Following the field goal on the next drive for two, next drive, it would attempt, we would have actually. Drive. We are actually have on third and eleven at LA's twenty-four. Maxwell would find Oda Beckham for a short pass, and he would get pushed out of Cincinnati for one for thirty-five yards for free to five-yard gain. Then Maxwell would next play scrimmage at the Cincinnati forty-one. Maxwell would find Darrell Henderson and for a twenty-five-yard gain. Or again, and then Ellie would call a timeout, and then two plays later, two plays later, on second five at Cincinnati 11, Mavericks would find his favorite target, to Cooper Cup, for 11 yards, and on the next play, uh, for the extra point, somehow the punter, Johnny Hacker, would somehow fail to, to crowd a snap. Actually failed to corral the snap, and and pretty much it ended up and pretty much ended up like having to throw the football, which ended up failing, which would have been intercepted by the Bengals by Jermaine Pratt, and actually he would get taken down. So basically, no points were gained at that point. So so the Rams would lead 13 to three on the very next drive. Which is actually one of the best draws the Bengals had in this game so far. The Bengals have, I think the Bengals would have all the game. A 12-play, 75-yard drive would start from Joe Burrow finding Tyler Boyd at Cincinnati 36 for 11 yards. Mm-hmm. On two plays later, two plays later, second and seven on Cincinnati 39. Joe Burrow would find Jamar Chase to Cincinnati 49 for 10 yards. Joe Mixon would then on the next play would rumble to the LA 37 for 14 yards. Yards. 36 at the LA 33. Joe Burrow would find T against to the LA 19 for 14 yards for a 49 gain. Junior gain. Then this is actually. On 32, Jamar Chase would actually end up running for four yards to get LA 7 at, on a 32 at LA Rams 11. And then two plays there on second and goal. T. Higgins would catch a pass from not Jim, Joe Burrow, but Joe Mixon for a six yard touchdown. And it would actually pull the Bengals within three, 13 to 10.
Then on the drive, then on the drive, the Rams would actually would start driving down the field, would start driving down the field a bit. Field. Second and four from LA 31. Mavisar would find Van Jefferson to the LA 34 for 13 yards. Second and four from LA 31. Big two plays later on second and nine at the LA 345 with less than four minutes left in the quarter in the second. In the first half, Mavis Pavel would find would try to find Odo Beckham for a pass, but it was fault incomplete and Odo Beckham would get injured during the play, which is a big knee injury. Apparently, it is a torn ACL, which sadly will make his offseason be a whole lot longer because of that injury. So, hopefully, he is coming back. He can come back next season. Next, on a third and nine, Mavis Stafford would pass to Hopkins to Cincinnati 39. For 16 yards from LA 45. 45. Free plays. First and 10 from Cincinnati 39. There will be a false star penalty on the Rams by Blankton. By Blankton. Which actually. And then free plays. Larry's third and 14 from Cincinnati 33. Matthew Stafford would pat throw deep. For Van Jefferson, and it would be intercepted by Jesse Bates at the Cincinnati in the end zone, which would cause a touchback. But there was a penalty on penalty f- on the Bengals for unsportsmanlike conduct as Var- Vernon Hargraves, who wasn't in the game at all, wasn't dressed to play in the game, end up getting stepping onto the field during that celebration, and would end up getting himself would cost that team a penalty. 10-yard penalty, which actually was, which I'm like, why would you jump, why would you come out to the field and you were not even dressed, you're not dressed or anything, you just stepped on the field, like, bro, at that point, I'm like, if I am the coaches and the owners, I'm already ready to jump that, I'm ready to just jump that dude, like, I'm ready to jump in that dude, but. Well, because of that, Cincinnati would have to start from their own 10-yard line instead of their own 10-yard line because of that penalty. <sighs> Apparently, in that would cause some trouble for them both because both teams would punt after both teams would end up punting and we'll go and go in halftime on that 13-10 lead. On that 13-10 lead. So half next would be the half next thing we gotta talk about is the halftime show. Halftime show which is by a lot of people is probably among the best of all time. Um my thoughts on uh, the whole after show I actually this is like for one halftime show I really was interested in watching because uh because it had all the music that pretty much me and my family just all enjoyed, enjoyed a ton, enjoyed a ton of, so it was actually a thing that actually made me enjoy, so I enjoyed watching it, especially, especially, uh, 
the Eminem portion. I know they were going to do much. They were going to give them a lot. There wasn't going to be a lot of like Eminem stuff. I knew Not Afraid was probably the well, Lose Yourself was probably the one song they were going to allow him to do. Like they weren't going to allow him to do anything else than like they could have like allowed him to do Not Afraid. I think that was isn't as bad. But I mean. But the whole show overall was pretty good. Like, it had, like, about everyone. Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, Dr. Trey played all the... All, everyone was playing all the classics. Mary J. Blige did amazing. And their show. It was a good halftime show. I do want to rewatch it again because I think there were some parts that kind of were... That, because my internet, my, uh, streaming stick, dick wasn't... Was buffering like crazy, so... So we go into the second half. Bengals would get the ball, start off second half, and basically they decided to start off really well as Joe Burrow would throw a 75-yard bomb to T. Higgins, T. Higgins, who basically who surprisingly got away with an obvious face mask on Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey, and just like that, Cincinnati would get the lead, would get the lead. 17-13. So the Rams need to answer back. As Matthew Stafford would try to throw to Squernick. And it got ricocheted into the hands of CJ Shadobi Awuzier at the LA 32. And and now, and now when you look at it, the, the Bengals have now more momentum on their side. Have all the momentum on their side. On their side. On their side. Side. Two plays later on third. On third and 11 at LA's 32. Joe Burrow would find. Would find Jamar Chase. The LA 22 for 10 yards. Now 4th and 1. 4th and 1 LA 22. Instead of trying to get to field goal. Trying to keep this thing to get 7. Burrow with scramble up the middle to LA 18 for four yards. Just giving up fresh step downs. First set of downs. Set of downs. First and ten. Mixing. We'll go for gain for two yards. On the next play, Burrow will find CJ Uzama, who comes back, who pretty much came back to play after after NCL sprain against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. To the LA Ram five yards. Third and free. Burrow looking back to pass and would eventually get sacked by Aaron Donald for a nine yard loss. Which is among the seven sacks he's had he actually had in that game. He actually had in that game. Basically tied for the most in Super Bowl history. Close tied with Roger Staubach for most in Super Bowl history with seven. Which would set up Evan McPherson for a free or a field goal, and it was good. The Bengals now lead by a seven, seven points. Once very next drive, after the Rams would sell, would go, would start driving down the field as uh, on 38 on LA's 27. Matthew Starr would find Daryl Henderson for a 15 yard gain. He would be pushed out of bounds. Push out of bounds. Very next. Two plays later on second and nine at the LA 43. Mavis Starr would find Cooper Cup 
to the Cincinnati for four for 13 yards. 13 yards. Very next play on first and 10. Sam Stafford will find Hopkins for 16 yard gain to the Cincinnati 28. Cincinnati 28. Next play on first 10. I would find Squarnick for a seven yard gain. We have pushed out of bounds at the Cincinnati 21. Two plays later on a third and five. Maybe said we'll try to find Cooper Cup, but it's thrown incomplete, which has set up Matt Gay for a 41-yard field goal, and it's good. Bengals, Rams lead. Bengals lead the Rams 20-16. to Following that, both teams would go 40 and out for the next two to three. Would go free and out for at least the next Four or four next four drives. Both teams will go free and out. Cincinnati would start getting some momentum as on the Rams as Bengals next drive as we're early into the fourth quarter. Quarter on a second and nine at Cincinnati seventeen. Joe Burrow would find Tyler Boyd to Cincinnati thirty three for Cincinnati thirty three. For 16 yards. Free plays layer on 39. Joe Burrow would get sacked at the Cincinnati 28 for 6 yards by Vaughn Miller. Burrow would end up getting injured during the play. He's up limping with his knee. Off the field with his knee. He pretty much and he pretty much called on the didn't call called off the injured called off the medical staff. Pretty much, he was like, you are not taking me out this game. I'm staying in. Next drive, L.A. would go free and out. And then Cincinnati would get the ball back 20-16 with 9.58 left in the in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, Joe Mixon would run up the middle from 16 to 28. Cincinnati 28. Next play, Joe Mixon would run run more eight more yards to the Cincinnati to the Cincinnati 36. It was get stopped for no gain on the second and two. Third and two, Burrow would find Chris Evans for free yards. For free yards for the first down. First and ten at the Cincinnati 39. Joe Burrow would throw to Mixon, who would get pushed out of bounds. Or free or lost. Very next play, Joe Mixon would find, would find, would run for four yards, for four yards, run for four yards to make this a third and nine. A crucial third and nine for the, for the Bengals. Now, before the game, before this game, Tyler Boyd, all throughout the entire season, has not dropped one pass throughout the season. So, Joe Burrow throws to Tyler Boyd, and it would fall incomplete. And this was a big, and this play was actually a big one, because if, because Tyler Boyd was already, if Burrow, if Boyd already caught it, he already got six yards to gain. 
And if he kept moving, like, and he was, he had, like, probably a good chance of getting that first down. First down. And understand, this would have ended up extending this drive more, which actually would have gave L.A. less time on their probably eventual future drive. Possible there was a chance, like, L.A. May, may or may not have touched that ball at all because there is a chance, like, they could have kept this ball. But, sadly, because of that, Bengals would have to punt from their own 40. And now, Matthew Stafford, with probably the biggest drive of the game and pretty much on the biggest game of the year, and basically, Matthew Stafford would find, would prove to Uja 1, First and 10 from the LA 21. Maybe Stafford would find Hopkins to the LA 30 for 9 yards. Next play, Stafford would throw incomplete to Skornik. Third and 1. Bengals defense holding strong as they stop Cam Akers from a yard. Now, 4th and 1 from her own 40. 40. Cooper, they would give Cooper Cup the ball. On a motion, on a motion, and would, on a motion play, and it would get to a seven-yard gain to the LA 37, which gives LA another right set of downs. Right set of downs. Second and ten from LA 37, after an incomplete pass to Cam Akers from Stafford. Stafford would find Cooper Cup to the LA 45 or eight yards. Ours referring to from the LA 45. Stafford would find Hopkins to the Cincinnati 49 for six yards. Area next play, Stafford. Two plays later on a second and seven. Every Stafford would find seat Cooper Cup for a 22 yard gain to the Cincinnati 24 on a no look pass. On a pretty much a whole no look pass. No look pass. Next, Stafford. On the very next play, Stafford would find Cup again for six for an eight yard gain to the sixteen. Next, second and two. Next, second and two. Cam Akers would run up the middle to Cincinnati A for eight yard gain, which would set up a two minute warning. Now, this is where everything begins. This is where, in these last two minutes, some you'll find some of the really, these really random calls happening. These calls would begin to happen. Would begin to rear its ugly head. So, first and goal for me, eight. Matthew Stafford would try to find Van Jefferson. Vaz would fall incomplete. Next play to Darrell Henderson. Matthew Stafford will fall incomplete. Next third and goal at the eight. This is all three, four down territory here. Basically, you, the goal is basically a field goal ain't is not gonna cut it. This one you need to get a touchdown here. You need to get a touchdown. Next, Matthew Stafford would throw to Cooper Cup and a pass would fall incomplete. It was covered by Logan Wilson. By Logan Wilson and DJ Reader, with I believe 
a hit. And on the quarterback, playing the role. But then there would be a penalty on Logan Wilson on a questionable phantom holding call. On a phantom holding call, which on a holding call, which is a kind of a phantom call, which is kind of one of those ticky tack 50-50 calls. But if it's and just because of that, the penalty would move the not only move the Rams four yards. But also give him a fresh set of downs to compete. Continue. Next. So on the very next play, first and goal from now, first and goal from a Cincinnati four. Four. Stafford would find Cooper Cup for a four-yard touchdown, but it would be penalized as LA would get called for holding. However, Cincinnati would get called for all Vaughn Bell would get called for unnecessary roughness, which offsets both penalties. So that means this pl- the whole play no longer counts. So first and goal from Cincinnati four, Stafford would find try to find Cooper Cup again, but this time another pass interference call. And guess who ended up getting the call? Eli Apple, who has been, who is pretty much a consistent. Horrendously bad, bad cornerback. Cornerback. So, next play. Next play. Now, first and goal at Cincinnati. One. Stafford would try to at least sneak it in. And he would get stopped by Jermaine Pratt and Sam Hubbard up the middle. Cincinnati would call timeout to at least save some clock for eventual Next play, and on the very next play, second goal, Stafford to Cup on a touchdown, and the Kai in covers was Eli Apple, one-on-one, which I question that play a whole lot because that is the last person I would have put to cover, to cover... That would have been the last person I would have put to cover the cover probably the best wide receiver at that point. Huh. So Cincinnati now needs to score. Now in order to tie, at least get to like the LA 41 to the LA 35. At least the LA 35 to tie. Or at least try to go down the full 75 yards to at least score. To at least win. Tie and bring this game to overtime, or at least go all the way to score for a touchdown in the end. So, first and 10 from a 25, Joe Burrow would find Shamar Chase for a short 17 yard gain to the Cincinnati 42. Very next play, Lay Burrow would find Tyler Boyd to the LA 49 for eight for nine yards. Nine yards. Very next play, second hold from no huddle. Neither from no huddle. Joe Burrow would try, would throw to Mar Chase incomplete on a deep ball, pretty much stop the clock. Stop the clock and set over your timeout. Next, third and one from LA 49. 49. Rams would try Bengals. Burrow hands off to Samaji Piran. 
and he would get stopped for no gain, especially by Aaron Donald. By Aaron Donald making the big play, holding, pulling P. Ryan back so he doesn't slow stop his forward progress, any forward progress from happening. Happening. Cincinnati would call a timeout. Game on the line, fourth and one. Burrow goes back, throw, goes back to pass. Aaron Nall chasing after him, almost gets him, and would throw it in the last possible second to Piron, and it falls incomplete, and the, and the game is in pretty much, and just like that, Aaron Donald would put the dead Mechian into the mausoleum because my man put the nail in the coffin for Cincinnati. And Mavis Everett all has to do was take one more knee and it was over for Rams. Are your Super Bowl champions. Super Bowl champions. It is now champions. Champions. Sean McVay is now the youngest, youngest head coach to win a championship, and Eli Apple pretty much. And now Joe Burrow pretty much played for a first time now in 13 seasons. Matthew Stafford wins his first championship. Finally, wins his first championship after 13 seasons. League Cooper Cup wins wins his first reign and also wins the Super Bowl MVP. Jalen Ramsey, former Jacksonville Jaguar, wins his first reign. Wins his very first reign. Aaron Donald finally gets that first reign, cements his legacy as one of the greatest defensive tackles of all time. Von Miller also wins his second reign. Odell Beckham Jr., despite the injury, early injury, he finally wins his very first reign. First reign. First reign. Sean McVay ends up becoming the youngest head coach. Would become the youngest head coach in the league. Youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl at 36 years Years. The Rams would not only win their first champion NFL title since the 1999 season. This is also the first time they won it in L.A. since 1951. And they did in their own home stadium, which cost $5 billion. Seriously, what the fuck? So, which actually also makes the Rams the second host city, host team to win the championship after Tampa Bay done it last year. Either last year, really last year. Here, so it is going to be the big thing, and the big thing is Cincinnati. About thing is about the Cincinnati Bengals. They are were penalized the second fewest times, and for the fewest yards in the regular season. But these like. Few flags end up costing them very, very badly.
Alley. So for Ram so for the Rams. So that is gonna be the Rams and So yes, the Rams are now going to be the is now sadly the end. And that is sadly the end of the NFL season. NFL season. So for whatever notes to take on this game. Rams end up doing well. The big thing that came that made them made it that ended it up helped them out and well to keep them into this thing was pretty much stopped them from scoring was pretty much was pretty much defense keeping them in that game to the final drive on keeping them giving them a chance to at least on that final drive finally make that make that thing and also defense was the thing that helped them actually end up and defense helped them secure that win with that amazing stop so the question is going to be that defensive holding call is the but the big thing is that this game it somehow is still slightly mired in some controversy because of the those last couple penalties in the end. In the end. In the very end. At the very end. So both teams end up playing virtually identical virtually identical identical to match up virtually to identical like exact the big thing is Cincinnati had the better like rushing, rushing, the better rushing. The big thing that's going to be that's going to cause the is going to be the biggest cause is the penalties. Why there were only six penalties called, four are on the Bengals for free one yards, two for the Rams, for because that is one of the big things is like for the past from the past for our the like the past like fifty eight minutes. Of this game, there was literally little to no call penalties called whatsoever. It was just relatively quiet. Like the refs kept their whistles quiet, kept their whistles shut, didn't even pull out their whistles much at all. It only took until the very towards the very end where basically the refs decided to jump in at the last possible minute. Do I think that they actually? Do I think that the uh, the game was con- by a controversy will go down as one classics? Yes, I say it's. I say the overall like if I say the overall experience, like the the halftime show was pretty much a ten out of ten. I say the game itself, it's going to be. I say it's an eight out of ten. It's something you will rewatch. Up until that ending point, till like the ending point, because that's where, up until like the last bit of that drive, which is gonna be a little mire because of the calls, some of the questionable calls. Like it is still a thing. Like there is a, because that's a thing. Like during the season, you kind of saw a trend of like mostly defensive players getting penalized more than offensive penalties. Like, you're seeing more... It was more of that blatantly happening throughout the thing. Especially, we can't... And we can't gloss over the fact about the whole... Uh, 
the whole thing with um, with um, with taunting. Taunting was a big thing. Was uh, another thing which I'm hoping they actually would start toning that down at least provide more better points of emphasis on that at least the rough and passers penalty is still like very vague so i'm hoping like during the offseason means they actually start looking at some of the stuff and like okay we need to change a more up point of emphasis because some of this stuff is kind of bs to me anyways so that's what i'm hoping on it so right now i give that I give this Super Bowl overall eight. I say an eight point five out of ten. Like it's pretty much it's this halftime show is amazing. I don't know how all the commercials were because I might have to look and see what commercials did good or not. I mean there was some that were interesting, some were like kind of animus. The NFL one was at first I was confused and then I was like okay now this made more sense because. Towards the end, because it didn't show much of like what is this shit on, and I'm like, I say there was like a couple that were good, so a couple were like, eh, and I'm like, but you just like, but I was like, okay, overall the experience was like pretty good, like I was like, I actually enjoyed it, like I pretty much, I watched it at home at a house with, with the in the apartment with the family, so me and my sister, my, my dad, and for a good two and a half quarter half and maybe three quarters I pretty much my niece pretty much my sister is like seven month old I think seven no actually six month old actually it's about six seven months old uh German Shepherd German Shepherd probably pretty much was watching the game so so yeah, it was all uh, overall good season. Uh, so far, game was pretty good. Everything, the whole experience was pretty much a good thing. But I'm just gonna say it is gonna be minor because of that. So, who are now the top ten teams? The top team, the Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Let me see if I can find those odds again because I think I have them already. Rate up, uh, Super Bowl Fifty Seven odds. Now, the new odds are now currently, as of right now, the current favorites is now the Kansas City Chiefs, followed by the Buffalo Bills. Rams are, the Rams are plus 1,000, third place. Bengals are not far behind at fourth. San Francisco 49ers is at 1,400. Buccaneers are plus 1,500. Packers are plus 1,600. Next are the Dallas Cowboys at plus 1,700. The highest, uh, highest-rated uh, non-playoff team from this last season was the is the Broncos because of Broncos because they are pretty much connected to the Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. So Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. So Aaron Rodgers trade rumors. So. They have a chain of having a stack, and their roster is kind of stacked. So, if Rodgers does join the Broncos, it would make a huge impact with that team for him. So, 
the lowest rate the lowest rated team to make the playoffs during the season is the Steelers. They're uh, the Steelers do got a strong receiving core and defense, but the big thing is they need to get a new a better quarterback to replace Ben Roethlisberger. If they can get someone solid, either either through free agency, through some trade rumors, or from any anything, they can actually become a they can be a good contender. So now this is like the initial odds that came out like last, like the like. Probably not too long after the championship race. If you're, my Ravens are plus twenty two hundred at the moment. So I think that's twenty two to one odds. I'm thinking that's what it is. Uh, I know the Chiefs is like. I think the Chiefs is like. I think the Chiefs said it was like thirteen to two. Let me see if I can find the other one because it's like this plus stuff. I don't know how to calculate that. What are what's the thirteen to? Let me see what this does. If I put it in a, into, is it just this? Nah, it doesn't show anything. Well, oh, there's DraftKings. So it wasn't DraftKings. So why isn't that showing up? All right, going back to so seven odds, maybe sports line. Nope, that's still on that plus shoes. I have no idea how to calculate any of that stuff, so I'm trying to figure out what, how do you like, because I never understood that sports line stuff, if you can just give me like the, like the horse things, like the 13-1 and the, Just gonna, but yeah, next year Super Bowl will be in. Now, next year Super Bowl is gonna be in Arizona, Glendale, Arizona. So, who knows? There may be a chance to cart if trends somehow. If this becomes a trend, it means Arizona Cardinals. You have a chance of having of being that first straight host city host team to actually win a Super Bowl in your home stadium. So, but the question is, will Kyler Murray be your quarterback? Because there, according to reports, there is acrimony amongst them, him and the Cardinals, him and the Cardinals station. They apparently are pouring to like both, both teams, both of them have an issue. Both of them have like acrimony issues that came out during I think during the Super Bowl and during the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl right now as I'm looking on here mm. I think this is something that leaked and it being leaked 
according to uh Because recently, Murray ended up scrubbing any reference of a Cardinals from his Instagram account. He's actually says he's frustrated with Francis, and he was actually embarrassed by the team's 34-11 playoff loss to the eventual championship champion Rams in the Wild Card Weekend, and he believes he was he has been made the scapegoat of that whole situation. And the big thing was in this. Cardinals have their own concerns about Murray, which sources describing number one twenty-one, the twenty nineteen number one overall pick as self-centered, immature, and someone who points fingers. Currently, the coach Cliff Kingsbury is said to be self-scouting, where he can provide better alternatives for Mur to help Murray. Meanwhile, select veterans on the team hope to reach out to Murray on how the twenty-four-year-old can better handle adversity. In fact, former Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald, he wasn't sure what to make of quarterback social media move, but said Tuesday he hopes to get two sides, hopes two sides get whatever it is they both want. Fitzgerald said this, I haven't talked to Kyler in a while, but he looked good in the Pro Bowl. Looked like he was having a great time, throwing touchdowns out there. I just hope everything works out the way both sides want to work it out. That's really what it's all about. It's all about for me. I love Carl. I love the Cardinals. And I want the best for everybody. Despite the acrimony, the Cardinals expect some things to calm down and for Murray to be the quarterback at the present and the future. Murray is, however, going to be heading into the final year of his rookie contract. But Arizona actually has the end of the year. Has until May 2nd to pick up his 50-year option. However, Murray is... Get also eligible to negotiate now a new deal. So now that he has completed his first season with the Cardinals, he can now negotiate a new contract. Negotiate a new contract, which is going to be which actually does make some sense because as of this as of twenty twenty two season, he's going to earn a base hour of nine hundred sixty five thousand dollars. But he's also going to get a $4.5 million roster bonus, which is fairly guaranteed on the fifth day of the league year. Murray is actually going to be taking home about $5.4 million in actuality. So Murray planning is probably planning on wanting a new deal before the fourth NFL se- his fourth NFL season. He does have a recent president to refer to, which is early in August of 2021. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen received a six-year extension worth $258 million. So, and he also has a good chance of making case, like making his case, because in his past three seasons in the NFL, Murray has been named Rookie of the Year and has been to two Pro Bowls on Pro Bowl selection. So, so do I think that's a big thing? Is is that mean like is that's the reason why he wants to? If that's what Murray wants. Now, now Murray did respond yesterday about this whole thing, about the whole story. And he posted on his Instagram yesterday saying, All of this nonsense is not what I'm about and vowed to grow and get better. The day, the day, and this happened during Super Bowl Sunday. So, basically he responds recently as as sources described Eric's so, in accordance with quarterback, according to Chris Morrison of ESPN, as a self-centered, immature, as self-centered, immature, and someone who points fingers, Kyle Murray wrote 
Nice Instagram post. I play this game for the love of it. My teammates, everyone who has helped me get to this position that believed in me and to win championships. All this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been. Never will be. Anyone who has ever stopped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Love me or hate me, but I'm going to continue to grow and get better. Morrison reported via sources Sunday that Murray, who scrubbed any reference to the Cardinals from his Instagram account recently, is frustrated with this with the franchise. Was embarrassed by well, we already went through this. And meanwhile, Cookie Bear said, "Okay, we're kind of reading some of the same stuff." So it's kind of like I think this is just uh, we're kind of reading some old hats reading. We're just clearing up some stuff. Uh, okay, said here, Murray had recently cleared his Instagram account of all but two posts. One of him in an Oklahoma Seniors uniform from 2018, and another included nine pictures of him from this year's Pro Bowl. Okay, yeah, we're going back. Yeah, it's some of the recent stuff. This se- but the being thing about this season is the Cardinals have made it to the playoffs for the first time as Curry Murray has been the quarterback of his team. And this was a kind of like how they kind of were going to go about this. So, so I don't know. So, big question is who looks... There is a there is a thing on first take that said which side looks worse, Kyler Murray or Arizona Cardinals in this whole situation. I mean, I don't know which one is going to feel bad. Like, it is, there's a lot of things about the Cardinals. I don't know if, who's to blame in that situation. I still think, like, Kyler Murray still has, uh, I mean, I don't think everyone was Kyler Murray's fault in that situation. It's kind of Kyler Murray's fault in that one. I don't know how to feel about this. So, I don't know. How would you feel? How? I I don't know about this one. So, I say the big thing is going to be... It's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Okay, recent reports have come out that apparently the Super Bowl... 56 add an estimated 101.1 million TV viewers, which is actually up from last year's from last year's game, which had an audience of 92 million, which was the lowest since 2006. The Olsen Company also said another 11.2 million streamed the game, which put the total audience at 112.3 million people. So. And actually, game. So, actually, Nielsen said that 99.2 million people watched the game on NBC, and another 1.9 million watched on the Spanish language network Telemundo. So, which is actually something which, and this game was a thing. Actually went down the wire like all the games, most of the games were this season, and that can really, and the competitiveness of both them 
kind of did up the viewership because that was a big thing. Like, everything state ended up being more like. I can understand that because that is a. That was a big thing. So now. So now the question is what's going to happen now that. What's going to happen with the Rams? Because the big thing is this was an all or nothing year. They don't have. They will not have the. They won't have their first round pick this year because they traded that to Detroit. The big question is that so among their all the players they have. Let's see. Mm. Accordingly, there was a report from NBC during the pre Super Bowl pregame show that Aaron Donald might retire if the Rams actually won. It's just something that uh, Aaron Donald has never confirmed or denied after the game. So, Sean McVay actually openly pondered his coaching future last week. His coming, comments coming on the heels of sources reiterating to... ESPN's Lindsay Fury that the coaches actually considered a move to the broadcasting booth. I mean, that would be interesting to see that happening. But I think that Monday asked Ram CEO, COO Kevin Demoff actually was asked about those situations Monday. Uh, but he uh, shocked them up to the grind of up to the grind of a long season, projecting an absence of concern. All right, here we go. Demoff said this. You're talking about 26 to 27 straight weeks in which these guys had maybe a bye weekend off. And you talk about an Aaron who works relentlessly at his craft in the offseason and for Sean, who's burning the midnight oil. I think all these guys are wiped, and I think when they get to this point, the gas tank is empty. Someone once told me, the hardest thing about winning the Super Bowl is you wake up the next morning and it's the next season. It's over. And to be fair, I think that's on you to some degree when you wake up this morning and realize, I've got to do it all over again and you don't have the energy. So I think the talk is actually natural. When you look at someone like Aaron Donald and what he's accomplished, that was obviously a legacy piece. They talked to probably about trying to find ideal balance between his professional and personal lives as he prepares to get married this summer and eventually start a family. Jamal also said about that, I would agree. I don't think Sean's current pace is sustainable in terms of how much work he puts in. If you want to have a family. But I think the one thing is, these guys all love football. They love being around each other. They feed off each other. Sean has said all year, we win of our people and they win together. I think all of those are national questions that are hard to answer in a moment and speculate. A month away, two months away from everybody, I think feels will, will feel a lot better. Demoff gave non-specific answers to separate questions about whatever a team would could give McVay and Donald contract extension this offseason. McVay's current deal on that of general manager less need both run through the 2023 season. While many, many things have changed over the past five years, we've had un 
unbelievable, unwavering leadership from Sean and Les. And it goes without saying that we'd like that to continue. Donald has three more years, has three years and $55 million, none of which is guaranteed remain on his 2018 extension. I have to look. I think he's got a couple years left to mock set of Donald. The one thing I remember from 2019 is when you get to the Super Bowl, everybody is worried of having things looked at and be improved. And that year we lost so many. So certainly when you win, everybody on the team is probably deserving of a raise of merit. I think it goes back to the question of how do you put together a team that can go compete in 2023 and 2024, and how do you award the people that deserve to be awarded, which is all 53 players and all 20 coaches. Okay, give me uh, give me one second, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta put on some glasses because I'm if I'm gonna read through this, I gonna need to put on some my some glasses. All right, we're back. Yeah, just need to put on my glasses because I'm like my eyes are starting to have a hard time. So. Okay, the Rams faced big contract questions with some of the other players that were key to their Super Bowl run, including wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., who is a pending free agent. Beckham's situation could be further complicated with the knee injury that he suffered late in the first half Sunday after he scored the game's first touchdown, which is possibly a torn ACL, according to sources. It's believed to be a torn ACL, which is... Very unfortunate if that is the case. The case, McVay actually had no update because this was early Monday morning. So, this came out early in the afternoon. Uh, McVay says, in regards to that injury, my heart goes out to him. Love Odell. Really grateful for all the many contributions he made. We wouldn't be champions without him. Outside linebacker, outside linebacker, Vaughn Miller is another marquee player who's scheduled to com- become a free agent. Left tackle Andrew Woodworth has a $17 million cap number that can put him in danger of being released if he doesn't retire beforehand. Fellow O-line starters Austin Corbett and Brian Allen are also unsigned beyond 2021. The Rams are currently over the salary, 2022 salary cap and aren't projected to pick within the top 100 in April's draft, having traded their first, their next two first rounders for quarterback Matthew Stafford, as well as this year's second and third rounders for Miller. ESPN's Kevin Seifert had the Rams last, had the Rams last in a recent ranking of each team's offseason capital, which actually makes sense because. But part of the joy in this group is, Demoff says about that is. But part of the joy of this group is finding a way to do things that are uncommon. That's what I love about working with Sean Les and Vice President of Football and Business Administration, Tony Pastores, and with Stan Kroenke. The impossible becomes possible. I've seen some charts that show off-season resources, and if there is a bottom of it, we, we're like below it. We're off on the other page, but at the same time, I think we'll have eight draft picks. We'll look at the salary cap and what can be done, but one the one thing I will say, and this is such a credit to Stan and Sean and Les and the players, this is a place where players want to be our own players, other players, and 
when you see the scenes from last night, this will only make it more desirable to be an Los Angeles Ram. And when you start with that premise, there are a lot of things you can get done to improve your chances to hopefully be back to this press conference next year. Another off-season mission for the Rams will be capitalizing on what DeMoff called an amazing opportunity to build up what remains a lukewarm fan base in Los Angeles, a market that the Dodgers and Lakers have long owned. DeMoff reiterated that it won't hope happen overnight. Obviously, this gives a this gives us a leg up to really go build our band, our team, our organization. Maybe when you walk into a school, the kids are a little bit more excited to see you. But our work in LA is just starting. We've had an amazing first six years. But all of that is the table stakes for being a successful franchise here. And I expect us to work just as hard as this offseason and work harder to build fans to go compete to develop that next generation. That's going to take a ton of work from everybody, but it can probably wait a couple days. Well, yeah, that is going to be a big thing there is will the Rams end up actually. That is the big thing. It's like the big thing was the Rams were looking to be a. Uh, because that's one of the big things about when the Rams moved to L.A. Same thing with the chart Rams. Like, any team that moves to L.A., like, any sports team that tries to move to an L- to a team, like, to a place like L.A. or Vegas or something. Like, the big thing should have been, like, the big thing should have been, like, um, The big thing was going to be um, trying to at least appeal to the city of Los Angeles because L.A. they they don't like teams that are like the second best. They they want a team that wins and wins like now. So I mean, it was a slow starter first because you had uh, Jeff Fisher at that time frame. They had Jeff Fisher like Jared Goff at first wasn't like doing was not looking very good, promising. So it was a thing that they needed to at least build on for a while. So the Rams ended up getting it done. So hopefully that is something that helps them help their help them get an audience in that city. So who knows? Alright, let's get I say let's move away from football. I say we're gonna we'll probably come back to this in April, but Let's get into the actual situ. Let's go into. Let's talk about the UFC and their most recent event. Most recent event, which is UFC 271, between between Israel Adesanya taking on Robert Whitaker for the second time in their careers. Greer's on the main card. Big one in the main card was, of course. Of course, we have to talk about before the main event. We have to talk about earlier in the card. Earlier on in the card, where Jaron Carnier took on Barrett Derek Brunson and pretty much a title eliminator and a title eliminator in the very first round. Like first round, Derek Brunson actually had a good chance of actually actually winning this fight via submission over Jared Kennier, but Kennier was able to at least was 
It came out so close towards the end. Actually stopped him very... But it, this was so late in the round that Jericho here pretty much was able to at least control, control himself. And actually he was able to at least get saved by the bell. Because if he had like at least another 20... If it was like 20 seconds or maybe 3 seconds, there was a chance he could have tapped out a whole lot quicker. And in the second round, Kanier would get would knock down Derek Bronson and pretty much would lay him out with with some strong elbows, which pretty much made him bounce off the bounce um, bounce his goal off the ground like a basketball. Just he was out. Next up, we got the big boys in the heavyweight division where Houston's own Derek Lewis took on Todd Huivasa, who is who is on a come up if come up in the heavyweight rankings. And Todd Huivasa would end up taking the win, would end up getting the surprising win by hitting him with this mean elbow, which ended up giving him the win and actually helped him moving up to the heavyweight rankings. I think when the New rankings come out. It's gonna. Tidal also might come in third in the rankings, and he's now probably one more, one two more fights away from taking on Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title. Title, which actually is a possibility. What? Which actually is a possibility, and that that's gonna be an interesting. Day and what will happen? What's gonna happen with? With uh, Nganu, if Nganu and Jones ever happens, because because both of them are probably debating on like fighter pay and stuff. Next, and then finally in the main event for the middle UFC middleweight title, title Israel Anasana defends his title from the form against the former kingpin of middleweights Robert Whitaker Reaper. He's he's gone. He after losing the belt, he actually would. Beat three consistent opponents, Monin, Kenyir, Ronson, and I believe Kevin Gastelum. Kevin Gastelum for even coming in this one. And this fight was back and forth for at least a good three. I say a good three fights. I say he took four three fights. It was like a back and forth. And it is actually somewhat of a, I say it was a, say the big thing was pretty much the surprise of possibly, possibly, um, say the way the fight went, I believe it was going to be like a back I think they were expecting this to be. I think they were ex- believe because the fight ended with. Um, um. I'm sorry if I'm blanked out out of here because I'm like because I actually there was a uh, well there was something on uh, with audience on you oh here it is I was looking at headlines I was like where is that headline at 
So I've watched it, and it was about how uh, they out pretty much outpoint struck. That was kind of the thing there because there was some cases like the crowd boo decision because they fought because of like what happened. Because they pretty much like. As, as they say in this, one of the first two judges actually end up having Jacob Mon judges Jacob Montalavo and Doug Crosby actually had Osani win the first three rounds, and we're going to end up taking the last two. As Judge Mike Broutron actually had Osani win all but the second round, but the second round, which he actually gave to Whitaker. Uh, but in terms of significant strikes, like Osani ended up outlining Whitaker 79 to 59, so significant strikes. Worker ended up landing more significant strikes to add 38 to 36. However, Osani would outland Worker and strikes the legs as leg kicks because earlier in that fight, he pretty much hit. It was like clear, like bruising and swelling to Worker's left leg. Especially early on about because because the big thing is like Osani's uh, length and reach is is a huge counter to Whitaker's boxing. So he was just able to at least keep seeing them with leg kicks to just keep away from him. Whitaker, however, did land four takedowns, which actually matched Marvin Vittori for the most by an opposing fire in UFC against, by an opposing fire against Adesanya in UFC so far. So far, so right now in the... Now, it is the big question is going to be like what's going to happen now in this fight? What's going on? Uh, the big one was going to be late into the land, is going to be landing into the end of the no. Dana, UFC president Dana White actually said that. That Austin winning three rounds to do was the call was right, and actually he saw no controversial decision. In the post-fight news conference, Dana White said he's a champ. He continues to win. That's just the way it works. The more you win, the more you do, the more you make. So, last time we seen this, these two fight, this was besides the last time we saw these two fight, Austin ended up stopping Whitaker in the second round via knockout at UFC 243 in Australia. In October of 2019, end up winning the belt. The Nigerian-born New Zealander is undefeated at middleweight, but he did drop a unanimous decision to Van Lai heavyweight champion Jan Bohovic in UFC title fight at UFC 259 last March. So as a result of this, he actually he is he's now picked up his fourth middleweight title defense again. His fourth military time events win over his rival, but he does argue that this should be considered his fifth defense because before that fight against Whitaker, that was his, he came in as the interim champ before he ended up unifying the title against Whitaker. So, after a fight, Asani ended up calling out Jerry Kanner, who just beat Brunson earlier, into for a title fight in, for a title fight in June. In June, I saw him say he's not sure about if him and Whitaker would go for a third time in the future. I saw him say this about that is we'll see. The division is filled with killers. It's filled with killers. 
but I'm looking forward to fresh meat, which is true because because before this fight he actually did. No, wait, never mind. It was Robert Whitaker actually defeated Darren Till, Kevin Kelvin Gaslam, and Ken Near. So and Ken Near. So Robert Whitaker, the free the New Zealand born Australian, has won twelve of his past fourteen fights overall. Whitaker, who is thirty who is thirty one right now, held either the interim or undisputed UFC middleweight titles. From 2017 to 2019, the Reaper, a former Ultimate Fighter winner, was the first ever Australian-born UFC champion. Australian UFC champion, where said after the fight, you can see in this fight how much I've come from first fight to the point where I think I beat him. I'm just excited for the future. I believe there is no ceiling for me. Whitaker said it was inevitable that there will be a third fight with Alessandra. I think I am the person to beat him. My mission stays the same. Beat the next guy and then the next guy. I mean, that's going to be a question now is what's going to happen now and next. I think there, I think there, I think it's going to be Asanya versus, uh, let's say for now, it's going to be Asanya versus, uh, Kenanier. And I think eventually we're going to, we will see probably him and Asanya and Bronson go at it again. Eventually in the future, and then I guess whoever is up next in that in a middleweight division, moving up in the middleweight division. So actually, let's look at that divisional rankings here, and let's look at uh, who's in the. This is in January, late January. So we're gonna go to middleweight. Uh, and I think this is you. ESPN's rankings. So both these two have already fought. So we got Kenneer. I say somehow we're gonna see Kenneer again. I say Derek Bronson eventually. I say after maybe one or two more fights. We could see a possible rematch of Paul Costa, who's at six right now. Who hasn't fought anyone except Marvin Vittori, which was, and he lost that one by unanimous decision. Well, actually, that might be a while. Darren Till is a possibility. Darren Bronson, uh, Darren Till, Jack Hermanson, who's in the UFC, Sean Strickland is the number one. So that's something. I was about to say, let, oh, there's Gagarin Musasi, but it's actually, I forget, he's the middleweight champion for Bellator. Which, and actually, I'm, like, surprised that we should, if, we, if we're if we really going to be crazy about, if we want to see something interesting, have a, just have a mixture of, like, UFC, Bellator, like, cross-promotion fights, which would be, which would be interesting to see the, how that goes. Like, the UFC champion... Arasanya versus Mizasi, the middleweight champion for Bellator. That would be an interesting fight to see. So, fight to see. <clears throat> so, that's a, yeah, that's how this weekend has been. Like, it was been, I said, the weekend's been a great weekend for watching sports and stuff. So, it's interesting to see how this goes right now. I guess let's go into the next 
me go into what's going to be the next segment here, I guess. Okay, I guess Capcom. Actually, let's talk about Capcom having this. Let me see about this Capcom countdown thing. Because apparently there's a Capcom announcement and there's actually this countdown clock that's going on. That's going on right now, I think. And I think it's going on right this second. And it's and it's right now. It's like this is something that happened like a week ago, basically just a couple days ago. And it's right now, it's at 5 hours, 5 days, 12 hours. And the weekend of that is, according to a lot of people, it's a mystery. We're wondering what it's for. And one of the big things is, is, either, is this a possibility of like a new cap? Is, is, what is the game going to be? And a lot of people have made a lot of things. Is it like the possibility of Street Fighter Six? Because the thing about this is, this was going to be the same time that Capcom Cup was going to be held. Which is this, which is actually, which was supposed to be started, which is going to start this Thursday, running onto the 20th, which is this Sunday. But it ended up canceling that event this year because of the rising COVID cases. Because of Corona. Because of uh, the rising corona cases, so so because of that, what's gonna happen next? So is the countdown like a? Because according to a lot of people, is it like a Resident Evil announcement? Is it see? It's according to some people, is it Street Fighter Six finally getting its getting its financial like showing off that? Speaking of. But it's also 2022 this year is the series 35th anniversary. So it could be an announcement of a new game. I mean, it's, I wouldn't be, I won't say it's, I mean, it'll be surprising if they somehow make like a whole never. <clears throat> I mean, they could already announce something different with the new series. With another series. Like they could make like a, they could make like another remaster of like Street Fighter. They probably really release like, maybe they don't make a release of like, Street, because there is like a multiple. Because actually they haven't Capcom hasn't released anything significantly new, in a minute. So it's could be it could be like, one game. There's also a possibility of like, because there's also a possibility of like them announcing like, uh. More DLC about the new DLC for Resident Evil Village. Uh, never expansion about from Monster Hunter Rise, which is actually pretty much cool. Uh, some there is a small chance that it could be like finally they remastering Marvel Two or versus Capcom Two, which is very a uh, which is a real hail mary because but it couldn't it would be surprising if it is that hail mary. If that is that Hail Mary because because of the free MVC2 movement. So, I mean, that could get people talking. But there was a massive data breach at Capcom. And Street Fighter 6 was among those names. Including Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Which actually wouldn't be surprising if they did make that. Monster Hunter 6. A new Monster Hunter. Which is been a big which is actually a big 
Marvel, which is a big thing for big game for Capcom. It's like a huge game for Capcom. Like Monster Hunter is a big franchise. But I do want to see is like is is the possibility of this? They could make they could announce like a whole number. I mean, it is a possibility they could make it could be like the announcement of like the return of a brand new like I brand new uh, game in a new in a series that's been gone for a while, like something like Dark Stalkers, or like maybe a whole new Marvel vs. Capcom game. Like, we don't know what it is. So, yeah, this is a match that's going on five days and 11 hours. So, it's, um... So, yeah, that means... At six... That means this is... That means if we're thinking about it, five days. In exactly five days. At 12 midnight. That means at 12 midnight on possibly the 20th. We might know what it is. We know we will know what it is. So we don't know what it could be. So we don't know exactly what it could be. So there's a lot of things. So um So yeah, there's a I don't know. That is interesting. I'm hoping I who what what I wanted to be. I'm I'm interested. I honestly I would like it for it to be like. I honestly would. I would mind if it's a street new Street Fighter game. Is if it's a new Street Fighter, like it's something. I would I would wish it. I wish it was like another Mega Man game. Maybe Mega Man X game. Because that would be it's something I would love to try to play. Because I've never. Because I never, like, really played, uh, sat down and really played a full Mega Man game. I know, I did have, like, one Mega Man game that was on a Game Boy, and I just didn't know what the heck was going on. So, I actually do want to play a Mega Man. I actually might want to try at least play an actual Mega Man game in the future. I know I should play a Mega I've, I know it's like... I heard of Mega Man, but I've never, like, really played a Mega Man game like that. Like, played through. So, I actually... But I do want to play through a Mega Man game just to, like, know um, what exactly it is about. Because... And I know that sounds weird as hell. Like, how do you not know how to play a Mega... Never play a Mega Man game in your life. You don't know what it is. But... I'm just sorry. But I do want to... Wanna hop on one pop on it one time at just at least No. Pretty much play through that and also like stuff like um also play with uh But yeah, that is a But yeah, that's a So yeah, that's gonna be a big one. Um I guess we're gonna move I think that's gonna be it for that. So it's pretty much that's been pretty good. Short time. We've been on this for about an hour and a half. So well, Money Club, thank you guys very much for watching this video. Um watching the video or at least watching the list listening in. Uh hope you guys enjoy this uh episode of the podcast. Uh 
What are you guys' thoughts on the whole Super Bowl? Uh, what are you guys' like favorite commercials? Like, let me know. Uh, we're gonna be doing more. I'm gonna do more podcast episodes during this time frame. Usually, uh, I usually don't. I probably won't follow much. I'll probably keep up with some basketball much. Some basketball stuff. I might try at least. I might focus a little more on hockey, but I'm gonna at least try to focus on a lot more other things during the free time. So, thank you guys very much for for joining in on this episode and keep on be amazing peace out y'all goodbye and good night bang